Diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up this No, 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 no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, suck no, no. You, you are. defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, Nestlemania, and ringing in the new year with you, as always, is JC. How are you? New year, new you? Pop that champagne, baby. It's the year of the gold standard. I'm repping the shirt from my boy, Chelsea B, in the Hurt Business. Uh, you're wearing Monday Night Rerun shirt, which is kind of very appropriate for what this uh, entire <laughs> week of wrestling was. Uh, yeah. I would say we did not ring the new year in with... A lot of good stuff, WrestleMania? It did not go in with a DDP bang, and we would say. Uh, <laughs> it, it's more of a P, DDP meh. You know, that's really how it is. I will say there there were some little, little bits that I was excited about. But uh, as always, we start in the shine, and that's kind of your category. Would you like to kiss, uh, kick us off? Yeah, and uh, I like that. We were just talking before the show briefly, and I was looking. I'm like, WrestleMania, I don't really have a lot of good shine right now. But you know what? I will start it off. Raw, surprisingly. Legends Night, as we know. Um, there are little pieces, of course, of entertainment throughout here that we'll probably get to. But uh, for me, my favorite thing from Raw this week was all the little Randy Orton segments. I loved him just going around with his big cock swinging out, being like, oh, I killed you. I killed you. I killed you. Oh, hey, look at you. You're not looking good. Uh, look at you. If you don't leave, I'm going to beat you up to Mark Henry. It was just like, this is what I love about Randy Orton. He will always be the legend killer to me. It is the greatest thing he's ever done. One of the greatest things of all time. It is so good. And this is just like him reveling in his moment. He killed The Fiend. He killed Alexa. He's killed all these legends. He's just, Randy Orton is big shit right now. He's in the Royal Rumble. But all those segments, I really enjoy. I Look, I, I enjoyed him too. I thought the Ric Flair was my favorite by far. I thought that him being like, <laughs> you look like Ric Flair. You smell like Ric Flair. But you're not Ric Flair. You know, like, I just, I, he's like, you even, you, you couldn't be part of this because you, you screwed up your own daughter's match. And I was like, oh God, like this is, this is perfect in every single way. The Mark, the, the, the Mark Henry thing on the scooter kind of had me chuckling. The Big Show thing was hair scratching for sure. And it's just back and forth and back and forth. But again, it illuminated basically everything we were doing. It, it's a little odd to me. I'm curious how you feel about it. Cause we were so heavy in the fiend and we took a pause and then we're in this legend killer kind of randomness. I think that's good. Yeah. Because we, we talked about this with the Orin Fiend feud. Like, especially if they're going to build it up and it probably will culminate at Mania. Like, you've got to give these feuds sometimes time to breathe. And it's good to have the Fiend away for a little while. Randy Orton entering the Royal Rumble is good because now we have a few weeks to build up of that. Like I said, him just swinging around, freaking the roster just being like, look at how amazing I am. And then the fiend will probably come back at the rumble. So I think this makes sense. I think it's good. Anytime you get, you want to do long-term feuds, right? It shouldn't just be every week, every week. You need to kind of let it breathe. And the legends night worked perfectly for this with Randy. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can't really, here's, here's my opinion. The more I watch Randy Orton, 
The more the more, and this is where people are gonna think I'm fucking insane anyway. I don't really care. The more I watch Randy Orton, the more I think he's better than Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. I think he might. Yeah, Randy Orton. He might be. He literally. And I'm not just saying it's right now. I'm saying forever. Like there, and people will say, well, if Randy Orton sometimes doesn't want to put it into full gear. Here's a newsflash. Neither did Shawn Michaels. So you know what? He ducked. He ducked losing a championship because he got hit by sailors. Just saying. Lost his smile. <laughs> Randy Orton's never lost his smile, but that's another conversation for another day. But when you watch him right now, he's he's literally, and I'm not even hypothetical or, or hyperbole here. It's it's a fact. He's the best thing going, bar none, bar none. He's sometimes, great. and it's just it it shows when he cares. When he's just in that groove, he's so good. Like not even just good. He's he's literally the. He, there's nobody close to him. Not at all. So I, I applaud you for starting off the show that way. Something that I will say, heading over to SmackDown very quickly, there are two things, only two things that mm-hmm. your boy Nestlemania really enjoyed on the blue brand this week. First off, Billy Kay, switching sides, thought that was hilarious. When she's like, well, I'm a tag team specialist. I can offer a lot. And then the backstage segment, I don't know if you saw it, uh, where she was just like, uh, yeah, well, you know, I, I changed sides, but uh, yeah, good, good interview. Like, she just, like, stopped immediately and was just, I loved it. Thought that was wonderful for a match that nobody gave a dog shit about with the, with the Riot Squad and whatever. Your eyes were focused on Billy, which was what you were supposed to be doing anyway. And again, I hate to say this because you know how much a big fan I am of Peyton Royce. You watch it on Monday Night Raw, which she did on Monday Night Raw versus what Billy's doing on SmackDown. Who would have thought that Billy Kay would have been what we talk about more about than Peyton Royce? Unbelievable. It's because I think it's twofold. Obviously, like I still think like the projection of the careers is probably accurate, but like Billy's someone who always maximizes her minutes. She doesn't she isn't expected to be thrust into a big role. And she's also on the right show for character development, Nestle. The shorter show, it's amazing, gives more time to these like lower to mid-level characters to really flourish and become stars. And she's on SmackDown. Peyton Royce is on Raw with an extra hour. And yes, you got a big win and was on TV this week, but Besides that, when has she been on TV? Two, maybe three times? It's insane. The funniest part is that I didn't even care that, it, that when you go back to the Peyton Royce thing, and I guess this is partially heat, so whatever, but when you go back to the Peyton Royce thing, we didn't even care about Peyton Royce. We cared more about Lacey flirting with Ric Flair. Like, that was the whole storyline to piss off Charlotte. So it was just, it's like not even not even close, head and shoulders right now. Peyton Royce is like three three people behind. Well, you know. So the other issue with putting Peyton Royce with Lacey Evans is, Lacey Evans eats up more scenery than everyone. Oh, like you I talk know. about like character, like she oozes character more than almost anyone on the roster. So if you're pairing Peyton with her, like Lacey's gonna be ninety percent of the attention there because she's Lacey. Never mind you mix in the Ric Flair stuff, which we will get to later with Charlotte, because what I don't know what was going on, but it just it's Peyton hasn't got it yet, and maybe she does need someone to stand by her side, but I feel like she needs more someone to prop her up as opposed to someone to pull her up, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I don't disagree at all. I think that the other thing that uh, that we're looking at here is that Billy Kay, like she, the the part that made me giggle about the entire thing was that she was supposed to be with Tamina, and then she came out, and then Natty just kind of sidestepped, <laughs> like, and like they didn't even acknowledge it. So it was like she was supposed to be in the match, which I thought that was great, and then at the end she switched, which again, oh, it was just it's the smallest things that make me happy. And you build upon this, and it's just like, you know what? This is a C or D level storyline. It may never get to an A, and that's okay. Sometimes there's just background noise. Sometimes there's, you know, you know, foreground and background characters. This, to me, stands out in a world full of people that are just literally fighting for no reason. At least she's trying to jock for position, and it makes sense to me. Like, I'm trying to figure out who I am. I have a resume. Will somebody take me up on it? I don't know. 
I hope the long term is that she wins the Royal Rumble. Obviously, that's not probably going to happen. But God damn it, what I mark out like you wouldn't believe. Second on SmackDown that I thought was great, specifically, not the whole thing, specifically, Roman Reigns at the end in the crowd and Jey Uso and them throwing off KO through a table. And I thought that was wonderful because we don't get to see what's happening on with the crowd and how it's assembled and the whole thing. And they they made a big deal about it. And I mean, obviously, he gingerly threw KO through that table, which, you know, it is safety first, folks. And, uh, but, you know, you got to take care of yourself, take care of others, and take care of the business. That's what you they say. You just can't help yourself. You can't just let, like, a cool moment just no, but it was. You'd be like, oh, yeah, there was a crash mat. There's no shit, Nesta. We know that. We're watching wrestling. We're extending our imagination to make it more believable. I know. Anyway, so, no, I thought that was a great segment. I thought <laughs> that segment alone, I didn't necessarily care about the match because it was, like, 300 times they've wrestled each other. But again, the Gaga afterwards, always a big fan of Gaga. So I, I thought that was perfect. I think that I didn't expect that we're going to get more KO at the Rumble, but it seems like we're headed that direction. So I'm really excited. Well, we thought it might have been someone else, but no, he's showing I know. up somewhere else. We'll yeah. get to that too. Somebody probably vetoed that, let's be honest, right Ooh. out of the gate. Who knows? I just I just love it's like picking a fight with somebody without asking for permission. It's just it's hysterical to me because we'll get into it in the heat, I'm sure, but it's just... <sighs> there's so much yeah we're to gonna say. leave that there yeah. we're gonna well, i'm gonna stick on smackdown here because you know when i look at smackdown i think of fun like stuff you know the booking on smackdown wasn't great this week there was eight bajillion tag team matches but sometimes i'm looking just to be entertaining you know what entertained me nestlemania daniel bryan with otis and chad gable this was just a lot of fun and they got the win over nakazaro like all the little like stupid three amigo shit like it's corny but you know what? When I'm sitting back after long day and I'm watching TV, sometimes I just want to laugh or a giggle or just to smile. And this segment makes me smile. All three of these guys, like you Google babyface in the dictionary, like Daniel Bryan and Otis are right there. So this was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, we'll see where they go from here. But clearly they're building up Bryan as a Rumble favorite. Um, and Otis and Gable are continuing to be built up in the tag division. So we're slowly moving these balls forward. Speaking of balls, no, uh, I don't really have a transition here, but I, I, you know, it's funny. I saw a meme on Twitter or something. It had a picture of uh, Daniel Bryan trying to host Otis from behind with Chad Gable yelling on the second rope. And somebody actually had the gall to say, I'm ashamed to be a Daniel Bryan fan. And I went, come on. Like, seriously, it really wasn't that bad. It really wasn't. It was funny. That person should give their fucking head a shake. Yeah. Come well, on, idiots. I'm just saying. It's a thing, but it is what it is. It's some dorky virgin that you saw that doesn't deserve anything. Virgins. JC gets in yes. trouble with the virgins, apparently. Yeah. You know what else I love, Nestlemania? You know what else is fun? The Street Profits. They're playing a prediction segment. It was silly, but this is this is what you can do with the Street Profits. It's like, ah, uh, you know, we're not going to have you wrestle this week, so just go out there and just fucking yuck it up. They got a fucking drum set for Dawkins, and he's doing shit. Montez is being all crazy wearing the cool suit. But they did turn this segment into something meaningful because Zaglorious, who now actually has a name, Nestlemania, we can't call them Zaglorious anymore because they're the dirty dogs. Beat the shit out of the Street Profits. They look pretty legit. We've talked about these guys. They got randomly thrown together. Was it last year or the year before? But then you watch them wrestle. And it's like, damn, I could have believed these guys have been a tag team forever. So we should be in line for another good match here, probably at the Rumble between these two teams. But. This, like, I felt really legitimized them with their new T-shirts and their dirty dogs. Like, okay, uh, Robert Roode or Bobby Roode or Bob or whatever the fuck we want to call them. Bobbers. And Ziggler, they're a good little tag team. Look, I, I, I thought these, the Street Profits segment, you know, ran its course. You know, Dawkins looks extra Dawkins and high right out the gate. And then, like, all of a sudden I just looked and I just saw, like, a half, a half like, pothead Dawkins just get clobbered by Robert. <laughs> 
Well, we'll we, from now on, I'm going to call him Clobbert Rude because he just fucking nailed, nailed Dawkins into that drum set. And I just thought the only thing that could have made that segment better, rim shot, or just put the, the fucking snare right over his fucking head and destroy it. I would have fucking loved that too. But again, as you said, taking something that didn't necessarily mean anything and now it's something. I did laugh when I saw the Dirty Dog shirt. I was like... That's what they're calling them. Ziglorious is way better, but whatever. Double D's, baby. Well, that's because we can't use the Glorious song anymore because CFO owns it. So I'm sure they're trying to f- figure out something there. So uh, Ziglorious, it, it, you know, it's, it's here on the program, but uh, Dirty Dog somewhere else, which is a, so an odd t-shirt. You think a, a t-shirt makes a tag team? I don't know. If you get a t-shirt, it's you're a big fine. deal. Much like they're the t-shirt deals. you're wearing. They're not so. going to be selling off, the, selling off the shelves anyways. That's true. That's very true. Do you have anything else you'd like to talk about or should we go Heaty? Um, I can jump to Raw quick because I will say I am down for more Bobby Lashley and the bro. Like, these two guys, like, right off the bat, Riddle came out and fucking clocked him. I'm like, this is a good physical matchup because Riddle is like the goofy, like, oh, bro, have a bro nut. But we know in the ring, he fucking hits hard because, you know, he's a former MMA guy. Bobby Lashley also did some MMA. So I am kind of excited for this feud and for, like, a legit match between these two. Like, for the title, I don't know when it will be. Maybe it's the week before or after the Rumble or something. But I'm I'm still entertained by this feud because I think Riddle and the Hurt Business is that good mix of comedy and seriousness, and it works well. So uh, I was glad that he pulled the upset after the missed tap out. A little, a little thing we don't see on Raw much where they actually, like, tell a story out of a match. Uh, so I did enjoy that segment. I thought that was a very creative finish. I hadn't seen that before. And again, there's nothing wrong with, with uh, you know, Riddle losing or not winning, but losing at the same time and keeping Bobby's finish safe. Everything checked a lot of boxes for me. I appreciated the end result at, at the promo afterwards where it was like, I'm not going to hurt him. I'm going to kill him. You know, it was just like, <laughs> it was just like, all right, because hurting is worse, but whatever. It's fine. It's a whole thing. But anyway, like. I, I, I did chuckle at the big bro. Like, I thought that was great. I thought him, like, transferring. <laughs> like, as much as I don't like the person, he's, dev- he's like, undeniably just made for the WWE. There's just... Yep. He, he wouldn't function anywhere else, I don't think, as well. I really don't think that's true. So, kudos to him for making it work. Because, uh, you know, again, nobody's going to be a big cheerleader for him, but he's making waves in the only way he knows how to, which is clearly... And it's working for him, you know? And I, I still, I, I can't get over how much I've changed on Bobby Lashley. Like, I, and I watched that match and I went, I can't call him what I want to call him because you guys get all mad, but I'm not going to. But you, you, I am I am a fan of him now, which I did not expect, what, a year or two ago? So it proves with the right seasoning and the right character development, everything, all the, all the panache, all the side dish, whatever you want to call it. It works when you get it a right. A manager. We literally, what have we been saying? Bobby Lashley, since he came on the WWE, get the motherfucker a manager. And they got him the perfect one in MVP. He was good with Leo, but he's even better with MVP. Yeah. It's it's night and day sometimes. It really is. And it it, 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 it proves the manager should still be around. I hate this, you know, creative consultants or the fucking whatever. You just say, just say what you are. I just hate the like agents and all the, all the crap they have to boo, but whatever. It's fine. Whatever. Anything else you got? Or you want to go heat? No, this, this week sucks. Let's get to the heat. All righty. Did we get to the big one off the bat? Da-na. Da-na-na-na. Oh my fucking god! Now, so, that match ended after I saw a cool Spanish fly and a, a so-so match. McIntyre refrains, and he's about to get on the mic, and I'm like, "Who the fuck is gonna interrupt this?" And all of a sudden, I heard the music. I just burst out laughing. I'm like, "This motherfucker is gonna try to fucking is this motherfucker?" It's like 
I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, okay, maybe he'll, maybe WWE will do the right thing and Goldberg's going to lay down for Drew McIntyre. But then I was thinking, I was like, Goldberg, the last time we saw him, lost to Braun Strowman. Is he going to take two L's in a row? And then I'm thinking, oh my God, this motherfucker might win another title. <laughs> I am not happy with this. Can I, can I just, can I just blow a gasket? Can we get over? Can we Go get, for it. okay. So, WWE Raw specifically is never sloppy. Like, production-wise, never fucking sloppy. Right? But this was a rush job. Like, absolute oh, rush that. job. Got like, the, ma- the match ended, right? And then it comes out. Like, you could tell he was supposed to say something, get interrupted. They just shoehorned him fucking out the window. There he goes. And then he comes down, breathes fire, whatever he does, says his stupid lines, flubs him, and then he pushes. He pushes the champion <laughs> who has beaten everybody. He beat Brock Lesnar in five minutes or less or your pizza is free. And the ending thing that you fade out on is Drew McIntyre's music playing with fucking Goldberg pushing, pushing Drew McIntyre on his ass. That's the last thing we see. Terrible. Fucking awful. I haven't even gotten into my regular rant. Just that alone is awful. JC, Here's what I have to tell you, and it, I, I, I cannot, I, I will not. There are certain things that I'm willing to forget in wrestling. There are certain things I'm willing to, to you know, suspend disbelief in because it's wrestling. It's make-believe. This whole thing, this whole thing is built on respect. He came out and said, respect. You don't, you look at all those legends and you don't respect them. You think you're better than them, all this shit. Bill, if I can call you Bill. Go fuck yourself because you don't respect the business. You don't respect anything about anything, Bill. You're driven by money. We know that. You came back a couple years ago for your son. That's nice. But we know that when you were in when you were in WCW, I'm looking at it right now. You want to talk about respect? You have 173 wins. I'm looking at all 173. I could go through a list. I bet you respect none of them. And you probably haven't thanked all 173. Most of them, by the way, are Jerry Lynn. I did not know that. Interesting fact. And shout out to him and Perry Saturn, who took a lot of these L's. But seriously, he doesn't respect the business. He never learned to learn the business. He never learned to wrestle. How can you respect the business if you've never learned to wrestle? And number one, you there are three rules in wrestling. And I just said it earlier. You res- you you protect yourself, which he hits himself in the fucking turnbuckle. You res- you respect and, and don't hurt other people, which we know he hurts other people. And then you respect the goddamn business. He does zero out of three. You want to talk about a streak, Bill? You don't care about any of those things, and you are an absolute ridiculous human being at 55 years old. I'm supposed to believe that you can kick Drew McIntyre's ass. Well, you shoved him down on his, so maybe I should believe that, because you beat everybody else and make believe. And you want to talk about respect, Bill? You are going to tell me that because you didn't want to lose to the best super villain, the best super being we've seen since The Undertaker at Saudi Arabia, because I'm a superhero to the kids. Fuck you. Fuck you, you don't respect nothing. Nothing. So I can't fucking believe that Olberg is going to come out here and tell me about respect. I don't give a fuck about him. He cares about money. He cares about fame. He cares about getting his fucking jollies off and being a superhero that nobody fucking cares about. Bill, get off my TV. Get off my TV. Get off my television. Done. So I'm looking at the other side of the promo where he's, he's looking at Drew McIntyre. And saying that McIntyre shows no respect for anyone. I was like, 
Are you, this promo might work on like Randy Orton, but this promo doesn't work on Drew McIntyre. You talk about someone who has respect for the business and everyone in it. It's Drew fucking McIntyre. Look at the journey this motherfucker's gone to. Look at how he treats his opponents after matches. He was about to give Keith Lee respect. He was talking to legends earlier, giving them his respect, saying how much he was grateful that Hulk Hogan was rooting for him and how much it meant to him. It's like literally everything Drew McIntyre has done since he has come back to WWE and then become their WWE champion is show respect to everyone he comes across. Literally everyone. Opponents, whatever. Until someone like Randy Orton goes full dick on him, then it's like, well, respect's out the window. But besides that, it's like, so what are we doing? Like, obviously, yes, everything you said about the Goldberg side is right, too. But it's like, just on Drew McIntyre, it's like, this literally makes no sense. And this is what you're building the feud over? It's just like, like, woof. Like, absolute woof. But I will say this, Nestlemania. I just got to ask you this, because, you know, a couple weeks ago, you were you had a big old hard-on for fucking 85-year-old Sting coming back. And uh, some people want to see him win the AEW title. But those same people are mad about Oldberg possibly winning here. So I'm just saying here, not specifically at you, maybe a little bit because you really like this thing, but more at some of the other people. Pot meat kettle, bitch. Sting's like 15 years older than Goldberg. Obviously, yes, Sting respects the business more. I get that. But it's like, come on. Come on, people. I'm going to look it up Goldberg right now. Bad. Looking Goldberg it up. Bad. I think Sting's like 63, isn't he? 61. 61. 61. How old yeah. Goldberg? 50. I'm looking it up. I, I might have been wrong. I might have thrown a number out there. I thought it was 55. I think he sounds about right. Like 53. 54. Excuse me. I'm wrong. All right. So Sting is seven years older. So my take is that get them both the fuck out of here. But you like one and don't like the other. So I just, I just got to mention that. Here. I don't want Sting to wrestle as much as, as everybody else does. I don't want Sting anywhere near the AW Championship. I would like to see Sting in some cinematic stuff. Like, that's fine. I'm cool with that stuff. I think that would be cool. I think I'm that'd fine be cool. with that, too. I'm cool with that. Bill Goldberg... But I'm just worried that, like... I mean, maybe if he puts over Darby in the TNT yeah. title, but I wouldn't be surprised if they had him... I don't know. I, I well, Here's what actually what I think, like, quickly with Sting, what's going to happen. I think he's going to beat Cody in a match and then lose to Darby, which I think if that's how you're going to do it, that's how you do it. Because you get Sting, like, built up a little by beating Cody. It doesn't matter. It's fucking Cody. And then he lays down for Darby and puts him over. But we know Goldberg's probably going to... If Goldberg lays down for Drew, do I forgive it? Maybe 1%. But the other 99% where I have to deal with this stupid fuck and watch him try to wrestle, especially at the pay-per-view, which usually gives us two title matches with like some of the best wrestling, actual wrestling of the year, and you're pulling that from us to give us Goldberg? That's unforgivable. <sighs> you, know, you, know what even made, you know what even made it worse? When I saw him, I thought, what? he's going to lose to Mac. He's gonna enter the rumble and win. That's like no, but that, that's the hardest part for me. Is he's gonna he? We're gonna be like, oh, thank God. Oh no, that's exactly how we're gonna feel. Well, no. What? It, what? This is more of what I was thinking. Is that what if Goldberg beats McIntyre, then McIntyre wins the rumble, and then either gets to fight Goldberg or Roman Reigns at Mania? It's just, I'm just like, the fact that it's plausible that Goldberg could be a champion going into WrestleMania again. It's scary. And honestly, I could see them do it because it's WWE and they don't give a fuck. And because they know if they put Goldberg on a headliner, that they'll get like a small percentage of casuals or people who don't watch it all back. And for them, it's worth it to alienate all of us because we're not going anywhere. It hurts, Nestlemania. Abandon everybody else. Fuck them. It just is what it is. Yep. <sighs> I could go. I could go on for days. Yeah, we should. We should decompress into something else. Honestly, like I just. 
I, I, while you were on your rant, I couldn't believe the amount of times the giant was putting over Scott Hall and the giant too. <laughs> like who Hugh Morris, poor Hugh Morris too. Like go, I'll put up this link on the jobber knocker. It's, it's fascinating to see everybody that's ever lost for Goldberg just because it's amazing. Oh, I'm going to tweet it out right now. It's just fun. Anyway, look, there's a lot to talk about. We didn't talk about what happened last week because we celebrated the knockers. Very, very important. The Miz has his money in the bank. Big E, new Intercontinental Champion. Those things are amazing. However, when you go back to SmackDown, Adam Pearce is all over the goddamn place. Again, with the making a match, not making a match with, with fucking KO. That promo was absolute dog shit. Then we had a match with Baron Corbin and Big E, which we knew was going to be Gaga. It turned into a tag match that nobody fucking cared about. With, I think, some, who was it? Sammy was just Apollo doing whatever. Apollo and Sammy Zayn and Apollo pinned Sammy Zayn. Right, and it's just like, whatever. And Apollo now is going to challenge. He's kind of like not heal, but like, hey, boy, I want my title shot thing, whatever. I, I don't mind that. I don't mind that. And like, because I think, I don't think they do that enough with champions because it's, it's probably going to be a one-off or maybe there'll be some guy and I'll turn to a multi-man down sure. the road. But like, I don't mind it because Big E, to make a mid-card title great, you have to defend it a lot. Um, as we've seen with in the past with the Intercontinental, Cody with the TNT, it's like if you're gonna hold that mid card title and you want people to care about it, defend the fuck out of it. And it seems like Biggie's gonna do that. Something else that was weird: there was four tag team matches with like only two tag teams. It was like a hodgepodge everything. Uh, there was a tag team match between uh, Carmella and uh, Bailey and Sasha and Belair, which again felt like a rerun. I'm sure it wasn't, but it felt like one. And here's the thing. I, they did a great job of like why it needed to happen. Carmella pinned the champion. Now she has, you know, saying I can get another title shot at the Royal Rumble, whatever. But here's here's the news flash. Here's a headline for me, JC. I want to see Sasha Banks versus Reginald. I don't care about anybody else. I want to see that match. I want to see Sasha beat that bitch up. I want to see Sasha just beat the fucking, just, just the piss out of that guy. He did all those flips and whatever. He looked amazing, whatever. But I just want to see Sasha just beat the fuck out of that guy. That's what I the money is. In terms of Sm- I, I want to see that too. In terms of SmackDown and the throwaway tag matches, this was probably my favorite one because at least like this one, I felt like the execution was good and like it led to something. And it's just these four have obviously been all intertwined, so it, it made the most sense. And I think like when you're building up a Bianca, it's good to have her mixed in with people, so she's not always on an on an island. And her and Sasha together, like that's internet dreams. Like people love that together. So I think it's smart. So in terms of the throwaway tag matches, this was probably the best one. But SmackDown was the home of throwaway tag matches. Unfortunately, most of it was because it was Happy New Year to you. But anyway, look, we're going to go over to Raw. There's a lot of dog shit I'm going to get through. So here we go. We have an H phone with Hulk Hogan. Go fuck yourself. I don't really give a shit about what the fuck that was, but whatever. He's rooting against Keith Lee. I'm shocked. Yes. I will not touch that one. Yeah, don't. <laughs> new Day Talks is a new talk show, which is the Miz TV, which I didn't actually didn't find that bad. Although it, it was just, good, man. It got us. Uh, yeah, I was gonna Teddy say Long, it got us t- Teddy Long, which I always I have a you know whatever for. Like it, 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 he's there. Uh, Angel Garza talking to Alicia Fox, which was always funny. But then here's here's the other thing too: is Slaughter, Mickey James, <laughs> and Tatanka, which again don't have a problem with. But uh, you know, Mickey James, this is where I harp on. Not a legend, still on the roster. So you know, she is a legend in my mind, but for other reasons. Uh, then we get to something that we know is a Monday night hashtag Monday night rerun. Follow it. Uh, AJ Styles and Elias, which again, the only thing that I cared about was that uh, almost broke a guitar with his fucking leg, which was awesome. And I like I, him. I like him a lot. I think he's clearly very limited, which is, you know, smart to keep him that way. You but should I didn't be a bodyguard him. forever. <laughs> I was going to say, AJ can't do anything with Elias. And we, as we, there's a, there's 10 commandments on this program. Number 10 is always Elias can't work. I mean, who wants to work with Elias? Nobody. That's what we should be asking. And literally AJ Styles can wrestle a paper bag, but in this case, 
Even a wet paper bag like Elias can't do it, folks. So it's it's true. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. You're not. I 100% agree. That was dog shit. I fast forwarded the whole thing. I know. I till know. the end. Till till Omis started breaking shit. Until until he started breaking everything. But whatever. It's fine. Should we get Should we get to the uh, the the horny nature in the room? Uh, so this thing, this match, like it was weird. It was a tag match. Whatever. It's like, oh well, they're actually using Racing Paint as a tag team. They'll probably get the win. But how they got the win is like. Ric Flair is all happy to go out there with his daughter. Some busty blonde starts flirting with him, and suddenly he's going to cost his daughter the match. And then she, after she says to stay out of his business, is just like, "I'm watching this," and it was just like, "What am I watching? Like, is this is this just a one-off thing to try to be like, haha, Rick's horny, haha, or is this like going to be like a storyline?" I was just watching. I was like, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. You know what? I, I think that uh, we didn't really talk about too is that I'm pretty sure the storyline already happened. Like in, in some uh, form, it yeah, felt where like she it, got mad at him, and yeah, then she just dropped she it, dropped. Yeah. yeah, so it's like there's different forms of it, but this one definitely felt like a rerun. And in certain ways, I'm sure other people will tell me, just like I was watching it, feeling such a feeling of deja vu. Like we've done this before, pretty sure, pretty sure. But whatever, let's move on from it. But there's not going to be more from it because Charlotte's still no. going to do her thing. Like I don't know if it was a setup for the Randy Orton thing, which I didn't think was necessary. Because you could have no. you could have still made the same things, you know, kicking the man while he's down. I guess that works, but eh, whatever. It is what it is. I'm trying to see anything else that I could just talk about. Uh, Shayna lost in a job roller today. Oh yeah. <laughs> this honestly, like, it's definitely heat, but I burst out laughing because it was just like, what the fuck are we doing? And they're just like, it's, it's just like I did. They're they're propping up Dana Brooke, which I get. Because she's Dana Brooke and she never goes away, and I Dana's fine. But it's just whenever they do stuff with this with her, and I'm just like, like if they're gonna continue to treat Shayna Baszler like this, it's just like, it's not gonna be good. Well, wait, it's let's have a, let's have a moment of silence for our boy Ray Ray. <laughs> because yeah, uh, and then Mandy need her in the next week to cap it off. <laughs> The best move in wrestling. She, she, the face. I don't know where too. She's as accurate. She, she's as accurate with that knee as she is with a makeup brush. That's all I'm going to say about that. Wow, that's I, she, I think her makeup usually pretty good. Are you a Ray, makeup shamer? Ray Ray, Ray Ray said it's something about her makeup and the threads. Yeah, something that she posted on Instagram. He was like scared, but it was supposed to be. It's like different looks, man. God. Different looks for different people is what it is. They're also old. Another uh, jobber alert is that Cedric and Shelton lost in like three oh. seconds. By the way, which. To Lucha party. Yeah, and guess what? They also wasted Melina on them. Like that is just like the, the like it starts off where it's like I like oh yeah Melina oh she's putting over Lucha House Party. Well this sucks. Then they get in the ring. I'm like oh my god they're gonna beat the Hurt Business because they need someone to fight at the Rumble. And then sure enough, oh my word! I just I I wore this shirt today because I love you, Shelty, and you deserve better than whatever the fuck they just did to you. But oh my word! But do they? Do they? Yes. Okay. The Raw Tag Team Champions and those fucking period belts, baby. Fruit roll Period up. belts. Jesus, I did not need that this morning. Thank you very much. Punctuation. Besides the fact, listen, that right there and Randy Orton ripping out Jeff Hardy's ears, two things that I didn't ever want to see, talk about, or anything. I just, I couldn't, couldn't fucking deal with it. Couldn't deal with it. Yeah. Anything else that makes you very upset? No, I got nothing. Would you like to get hopeful? Yes, sir. Go ahead. I will, I will let you lead off. I was watching SmackDown, and SmackDown's pretty good at this, where they just kind of throw stuff in, you don't expect it. You know, people just show up and don't really, like, do anything, but they show up, so it gets you thinking and talking. Sonya Deville, 
rolled into SmackDown this week, looking all badass, walking in the back, and they, they put her over so well, with everyone in the back being like, oh my god, oh my god, she's back, oh my god, she's back. When we left off, Sonya was mega bully. She was mega badass. She was mega mean. And I got to thinking, I was like, when I'm thinking about the Women's Royal Rumble this year, you have Charlotte win again. I don't think Becky's returning. It seems a little soon. Or if she can, good for her, but I doubt it. I don't think Ronda Rousey's coming back. Asuka's already a champion. Sasha's already a champion. Bailey winning it, what does that do? Bianca probably is the favorite right now, but I, I honestly think it's a little too soon. You know, I love Bianca, but, you know, she'd be a fine winner, but I probably wouldn't be my pick. And I'm thinking, like, you know who would be a fucking dope winner for the Royal Rumble? Sonya Deville. Because they have an opportunity, I think, with her to become, like, that ultimate badass babyface. Becky Lynch-esque. She'll never be Becky Lynch because, like, the, the man's run was incredible. But, like, she can have that. She has that type of swagger, that type of badassness, that type of everything. Like, where she comes off like she's a heel, but, like, people are going to cheer for her. So why not have her win the Royal Rumble? And then I'm thinking, like, well, if she wins the Royal Rumble, if we have Oscar and Sasha, either one of those is good by me, but a Sonya Deville... Sasha Banks feud going into WrestleMania? Mm, that would be good stuff. Those promos would be good. The match should be pretty good. Uh, it's a matchup we really haven't seen much of, like one-on-one in actual feud, so it'd be fresh. But also WrestleMania. It gives the opportunity for something that I love in wrestling that isn't done enough because you need the right two characters to do it. And that is a double switch. Ooh. Yeah, Sasha, like she's a baby face because we all love her. It's just how it is. But... Her money-making time is as a heel. But for her to be the heel, you need that great baby face. And sure, it could be Bianca down the line. That could be what they have planned. But it could also be Sonya Deville. Because like I said, she's that type of person. Like, yeah, there aren't crowds right now. But, like, people are going to want to cheer for her. We're all going to want to cheer for her because she's an absolute fucking badass. So why not have that? Sonya Deville wins the Rumble. If during the feud or maybe at WrestleMania, we get the double turn. Sonya wins the title at WrestleMania. That would be a cool moment. She obviously went through a lot last year, but she also improved so much as the character and in the ring last year and so much growth. So it's time for her to take the next level. So that's my hope, WrestleMania. Hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC's hopes. True. That's pretty good. I'm looking at a picture of her on Twitter right now thinking, yeah, it says Daddy's Home. So, yeah, I I can get behind that. (laughs) Uh, Look. I still get a sour taste with Bill in my mouth. Like, Bill is literally just killing me right now. Is he your hope? No. Well, sort of, kind of, maybe, possibly. So here's here's what we're going to do. In a world where, we, where we're all frightened and our ass puckers up a little bit, because, you know, Royal Rumble season, and it's going to be Mac and uh, apparently Bill. And uh, there's a very good chance that Bill might win, supposedly. Here's here's what I'm nervous about, is that it, it's not going to be a long match with Bill. So all the sweaty. All the sweckwitty, as they call it, sweckwitty? Sweckwitty? I can't even talk. <laughs> sweckwitty? Sure. Equity. Uh, and Mac is going to go right out the window if he loses. But here's our saving grace, JC. Mm-hmm. I think you can still have Bill on on the mania, you know, billboard, so to speak, without a championship. What I'd like to see, personally, is The Miz cash in on Bill Goldberg <laughs> and then Bill Goldberg loses his ever losing shit because what he's going to do here's what's going to happen this is going to be very unfortunate and very and pissing me off there's a whole chain of events I've got it in my brain Mac loses to Bill Bill comes up says you know what I am the face of Raw 
goes over to SmackDown, has a one-off, like, talking with, with uh, your boy, Mr. Ua, head of the table. You know. They talk about stuff. He goes, Bill, you're not even a number two. You smell like it, though. You know, whatever. There's one segment there. Bill has some rando match against somebody. Let's just throw somebody on Raw. I'll randomly pick. Let's put Titus O'Neil. Let's put Titus O'Neil in there, sure. <laughs> just cause. Uh, actually, you know what? Give me fucking Bobby Lashley. Why not? Right? Give me something cool. Bobby, are you gonna be Bobby? He's gonna be Bobby. Aww. Yeah, I know. I thought Bobby was gonna win the Royal Rumble, by the way, but no. So Bill's gonna be sitting there, and Miz cashes in on him because Roman Reigns does something to Bill during the match to be like, "Ha ha, Bill, you lost." So then Bill and Reigns can face each other at Mania. And then the Miz has the championship, and then Mac and Miz most likely at WrestleMania because they'll do it again because that way he'll be a three-time champion before any crowd has been able to cheer him. So I think that the only saving grace here is that if Bill does win, we have to hope and pray that the Miz wins because the Miz winning and beating Goldberg, that literally he could munch on for years to come. You want to talk about Jericho talking about how he beat Austin and Rock in the same night? He beat Bill Goldberg in less than three minutes squash match? He can use that the rest of his life. The rest of his life. You, you want to talk about respect, Bill? Lay down for the Miz and see if that fucking happens. <laughs> That's what I say. Hashtag Nestle's hopes comes true. Hashtag Nestle knows. Hashtag please for the love of God, please be true. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's Anything the only saving Goldberg grace. Look bad. Yeah, it's honestly, if, if they do pull the trigger... God, thank God he has that briefcase, but, you know, he unfortunately, if they pull the trigger, we're all still going to be mad. Yeah, I know. But I'm just trying to... Don't call to... it a comeback. We've been here for years now, so you know what doesn't make me mad? Seeing Tori Wilson on my TV. She's still got it, baby. And you know what she did? She made shit go viral just by saying Cardi B, because that got Cardi B going on Twitter. And she's like, yo, Vince McMahon, this is how I make my WWE debut? What the hell? Maybe we'll see Cardi B at WrestleMania. There you go. But, uh, you know, Tori Wilson... She looks the same, man, pretty much as she did when she was wrestling. She's great. She's a legend. She was one of the people I was happy to see, so she gets my comeback. Hey, listen, th that was a great comeback. Uh, the, the actual segment itself was kind of whatever, but, uh, <laughs> you know, R-Truth has to get in his 45 fucking reigns and whatever. He is the best champion, apparently, according to JC, as you've listened to the Jobberknocker Awards. And the 2020, he was the best champion. Correct. That's true. As you say. As you say. That's what you say. Uh, my comeback goes... To one person. Yeah. Fucking Tatanka. Every time I see Tatanka, I think to myself, that man is in incredible shape. And out of all the legends, folks, he was in his gear. He was ready. He wasn't going to be used. Him and the Boogeyman, the only two. Only two that were ready. Not that the Boogeyman was ever going to grace us in terms of any type <laughs> of wrestling, because that's not what he's for. But goddammit, Tatanka could be 97 years old. Just no. Like, he could do anything. Honestly, he can still work. He can still go. Looks phenomenal. My comeback goes to Tatanka. My 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 comeback forever will always be Tatanka because God damn it, I love that man. Water Buffalo. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. That's okay. <laughs> I did love seeing him in the full gear. It made me smile. Uh, yeah, because it brings a smile back to your childhood feelings and it's just wonderful. He's he's great. I can't even I can't even do the yay. I can't. I can't do it because he just does it so well. I fuck it like as a kid, I loved Tatanka. When I found out I was Native American, like by like one sixty fourth or whatever it was, I was like Tatanka. That fucking guy is awesome. My dad was an Iroquois Indian. Was like Tatanka. This guy's fucking awesome. Like this was like I. I'm not kidding. Like I fucking love Tatanka. That guy is awesome. 
by far. I probably have too much love for Tatanka. Let's move on to the big finish, huh? <laughs> big finish. One, two, three. What a maneuver. We got a lot to talk about. Would you like to socialize the pod or would you like to get into some stuff about uh, AW and NXT? I'll socialize first. Uh, we got uh, Jabberknocker.com. That's our website uh, where you can get like the lowdown on everything in wrestling. Uh, we also obviously do predictions every month. We got all sorts of specialty articles up there. Um, including a piece of Brody Lee written by some of the members of the staff. But on Tuesdays, WrestleMania's Impact. On Wednesdays, is NXT and AEW. On Thursdays, is NXT UK. And I hear, is, is it normally Fridays we got something coming? There could be something on Saturday or Sunday, depending. Uh, Saturday or Sunday. Saturday. I don't know when they are. It's a weekend. It's a weekend kind a weekend. of thing. Yes. Uh, it might be from uh, across the, uh, the other pond. It the could, other side of the yeah, pond. It, think of it as the land of the rising sun. Yes. Yes. So we'll, we'll, so we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll tease that a little bit more, but yeah. But yeah, so we got full coverage on the website, but uh, in terms of the podcast, you should give us five stars, five flames, uh, share it, like it, tell your friends, everything, iTunes, Anchor, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube. So yeah, share it around, and we appreciate it. And also, uh, Knockers, if you haven't listened last week, you better get on that shit and tell your friends, man, that's our favorite show of the year. It's good shit. doesn't go out of style. So you can listen to that today, tomorrow, the next day. Three years from now, it'll still be good. Um, but yeah, at Twitter, at Jabberknocker, at Nestlemania, at JC of the JK, at DQ of the JK, at Ray Ray of the JK, at Billy2411, at JoePollock47, at TJ of the JK, at DommyFeds33, at DannyFab with one N, Facebook Jabberknocker, Instagram Jabberknocker, everywhere you want to be on social media. Okay. Wonderful. You pissed right through that, didn't you? Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, as I was saying, we have NXT and we have AEW. We've got New Let's Year's... Let's start with NXT New Year's Evil. So, so just let you know, we have New Year's Evil and New Year's Smash, just in case you didn't want know. So. so one's evil and one you get to smash, 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 so, smash. If something tells me correctly, I believe New Year's Evil is a two-parter as well as New Year's Smash, but I, I'm not necessarily sure of that. Anyway, let's start with the big items here on uh, NXT. I'm, hopefully uh, TJ doesn't get mad at me for talking about NXT on this program. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> the cruiserweight champion Escobar takes on Gran Metalik. I think this matchup is going to be awesome. I think it's a foregone conclusion that Escobar is going to win. And I think, JC, after this match, we finally get a Jordan Devlin sighting. Oh, God, I hope you're so. Because I literally, like, you're right. This will be a good wrestling match. I don't give two shits about it. But I'll probably watch it and be like, oh, that was really good. But, like, I just can't get into Escobar because I know he's a fraud champion. So I hope the real champion comes and, you know, roughs him up. I, I, you know, I want to get behind the whole group. I do, but it just feels like it's so. Can't do it yet. It's so. I don't even know how to explain nah. this. It's just it's it it's destined to mid card. That's exactly yeah. how I feel about it. Uh, not mid card. Definitely in the upper uh, echelon of what I believe is going to be Ripley versus Gonzalez, and this is a great rivalry. You know how I feel about these two. I think they're going to be great. Uh, to me, out of the four matches on this program, is the one that I'll only care about for many reasons. But I think that. Uh, Stars are going to be, you know, born, and stars are going to be definitely solidified even more in this matchup. I, I can't. Hopefully, there's no Gaga. Hopefully, there's like a definitive kind of cool thing that happens here because this is the match that I really, really, truly want to see. I think the styles are great. I think they're going to elevate each other as we talked about, and I hope Gonzalez wins because I think she needs a real Ripley at this point. Is almost bulletproof in NXT at least. So, I think uh, having Gonzalez win here is a huge step in the right direction. Hopefully for her. Yeah, no, I think I think uh, it's Raquel's time, and uh, honestly, for me, I hope this is Rhea's last match in NXT. I hope she enters the Rumble. I hope she does well. 
Um, and I hope she heads to the main roster because I think it's time. I think she's done everything she can in NXT, and they're just kind of like have her off to the side. There's plenty of people down there to carry the torch. It's time for her to get to the next level and really beef up those women's positions. Next up, we have Damian Priest versus Karrion Cross. And look, this is a uh, you know, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a match that I thought I'd want to see, and I'm sure will be badass. But it's so I, like I, I, I want to see it. I, I think it's hard because I think like I should be cheering for Priest, but I'm kind of cheering for Cross. Like I kind of want Cross and Scarlet is so badass. Like I, I that's the reason why main reason why I'm excited because I just want to see it. They obviously built a little story in here with uh. Him and Priest, so that's nice too. And as we know, Priest is much improved in the rain, as TJ has pointed out in his articles. So I do think this has the potential to be a good match, but I want to see if Cross can pick up where he left off. That's my big thing here. I hope so, because honestly, I think Priest is great, and I'm sure he's got that WWE feel and everything, but Cross is just, it feels like, I could be wrong, and I usually am. Next level. Yeah, he just, he feels like he's that guy that can actually, you put him in a suit, he does the press conferences, the TVs, he does everything on the news shows, like, he looks like that guy. And of course, with Scarlett along with him, like it's just, it's a package deal that mm. like you just, sometimes you can't manufacture that. You can't. And it's just, it's it, it's there. And uh, I hope for him and her that it, it, and it spells a lot of money for him because they deserve it. Anyway, we get to the main event here where we have uh, Finn Balar taking on uh, Kyle O'Reilly. Oh, O'Reilly. Rerun. But it's number two. The first one was great. Broken jaw and all. Uh, the Capitol Wrestling Center was hanging from the rafters. They loved it. And, uh, uh, the question is, can O'Reilly knock out the Prince and knock him off his throne? I don't think so. I think the Prince here is going to win again. I think he needs, as much as I love Kyle O'Reilly, in my opinion, one of my favorite people on the NXT roster, they needed some people for Finn to beat so he could eventually lose to Cross. So essentially, unfortunately, Kyle, since you did such a great job last time, you're going to do it again. Bingo, bango took the words right out of my mouth. Finn Cross, I think, is where we're headed the next takeover. But Finn needs a big win on his return tour after, like you said, the broken jaw. This will be a good match, though. I'm sure it will. How do you feel about the way? We haven't really talked about this. I, I just looked down and I saw the way and I'm like, I, you know. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, we're obviously not as big a fan of Johnny Gargano as TJ is, but I appreciate Gargano. I like Candice. I actually like, I do see a lot of potential in Austin Theory. And I really like him in this role as like the sidekick because I do think a lot of the stuff they were doing with him last year and stuff were like, it felt a little too soon because he needs some more molding, especially character-wise. But I think this is the perfect type of stable for him to really mold and solidify himself. You know, honestly, he, rem he reminds me a little bit of, just not as charismatic. Say it to my face! Oof. He gives me Alex Riley vibes, but less charismatic for now. Obviously going to have more talent and upside than Alex Riley did, but like in terms of like character, like a varsity villain character, like that little sniveling dick, like, he kind of reminds me of that. So, I do I, I do like the way, uh, in a way. They're not my favorite thing, but in a way, I like the way. I did pop for the uh, the, the Gargano way protein. Like, I thought that was, like, as much as yeah. I give shit about Johnny Gargano, like, he does a good job. The other thing, too, is, like, you want to talk about the Nestle curse? I thought the kiss of death is calling anybody Alex Riley. But, uh, you know, what it is what it is. Alex Riley's one of the greatest of all time. Now, you shut Shut your mouth. You, you're, Say it to my here's, here's how I here's how I here's how I know you're high. You think that R Truth is the best champion. Cody Rhodes is the he best, whatever. And then you say that you think Alex Riley and Maven are the best wrestlers of all time. You you have, know, you have your Benjamin temperature check. Best wrestler of all time. I Maven and Alex Riley are two of my favorites of all time. 
You have terrible taste. Just absolutely I atrocious taste. I have great taste. WrestleMania. You want a 71-year-old Sting to win the world title. I never you said that. Over. Now you're pulling at straws because I did not say that at all. You're trying <laughs> to upset me. I didn't say that. But, uh, but a great segue, though. Thank you very much. As we talk about AEW, let's talk about AEW New Year Smash Night 1. Uh, we're going to start down at the bottom of the card because that's where we belong. Cody Rhodes with Arn Anderson versus Matt Sedell. Uh... I would like to say this, that uh, Matt Sedell would definitely... I know it's Seidel. I just like mispronunciating the name. Seidel. Sedell. Goodell. Uh, I think Cody Rhodes obviously has to win because Cody Rhodes hasn't done much lately, so Cody Rhodes needs a win here. Uh, I still don't like the Arn Anderson pa- pa- you know, comparison or, or pairing or whatever you want to talk about because he's not Bill Belichick. Like, the fact that he has a laminated moveset thing doesn't make any goddamn sense in wrestling. The fact that he's like... it just he, he's He's one headset away from challenging something in the middle of the match. Like, I, he's get him a flag, right. like, go the whole stupid route, whatever. But it's stupid. The this whole is, thing's stupid. It is, I agree. It is AEW, like, overdoing something where it's like, we like having a manager presence, but if there's one person on the entire fucking roster that doesn't need a manager, it's Cody Rhodes. Right. And it's like, I get why they do it, because, like, it's probably, like, Arn probably loves it, too, like, and Cody's doing it as a sign of respect and yada yada, but it's just like, you're right. We don't need it. It's literally, it's like the worst part of the whole Cody presentation, but it's not going away because. Not until Arn Spinebusters his ass. It ain't going to fucking Jesus. happen. Anyway, talking about from going bad to worse, we've got an eight man tag with the Young Bucks and SoCal Uncensored taking on the Acclaimed and Hybrid 2 in a match nobody gives a fuck about. There'll be no tags and most likely Lucha rules where nobody will know who's legal. And I'm going to take the Young Bucks because God damn it. Actually, you know what? I'm going to scratch that. I'll take the Acclaimed and Hybrid 2 because it's a fucking eight man tag and nobody goddamn cares. JC, your takes go. Yeah, I don't give a shit either. Someone from SCU is getting pinned because the Young Bucks have to jerk off these kids even more in matches until they face the real tag teams that actually have good records. It's true. They're ignoring the rankings again. They always ignore the rankings in the tag division. It's just like, we just want to fight these new young shiny toys because we're the Young Bucks. We do whatever we want. Next. All right, going into a match that is slightly better than the one we talked about before. Jake Hager taking on Wardlow in the Battle of the Bulges. I don't know exactly who's going to win this because Jake Hager has the weirdest record in AEW that nobody pays attention to (laughs) where I'm pretty sure he's only won like two matches Wardlow is very impressive I just don't know if they're actually going to do anything with him right now he's been a you know a bodyguard for Mac you know Maxwell for a long period of time not necessarily I like Wardlow I do I I really like Wardlow I think there's there's the thing is is like I can tell why they're not using him now because in years coming up he will be a bigger deal but right now I see him taking an L for Jake Hager because who the fuck cares yeah, I don't. I I think this match reeks of schmas because the whole Lender Circle is going to be out there. They're going to be doing something. It's. I don't think we're going to get paid off in this match, so I'll say a no contest of some kind or someone wins by DQ. MJF has to get involved in cost. Maybe maybe a Wardlow does win by accident because of MJF. You know, like maybe something happens there. A uh, singles match for the AEW Women's Championship as a Hikaru Shida taking on Abaddon, which apparently scares JC and his knights. Uh... I don't think Sheeta's going to lose anytime soon because she's been so fucking good. At she shouldn't. She's she's literally beaten nobodies, and now she should maybe beat a somebody eventually, so that'd be good. Uh, so she needs gonna... to feud with Britt Baker before she loses that title, and that yeah. honestly might be when she uses it because that's the only other legitimate like person right now. Abaddon, like, I know a lot of people like her. She's apparently done really good work on AEW Dark. I haven't seen a lot of her on the main AEW show, but when I have, I get kind of scared. Uh, I'm kind of a like, little, little skeeved out, but... Uh, you know, um, we'll see. I'm curious to see how this match works in the rain, but yeah, I'm picking Sheeta. And finally, 
Uh, the, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, Ray Phoenix. I'm not going to fucking call Kenny Omega the man, the myth, the legend. The champion, Kenny Omega, with Don Callis, uh, because nobody gets enough of Don Callis in their life, takes on Ray Phoenix with Penta El Zero Mido. Uh, I'm terrible at pronunciation. I apologize. Penta El Zero. Yeah. Zero Miedo, or whatever it is. Anyway, uh, clearly, Ray Phoenix is a tomato can that Kenny Omega needs to beat, unfortunately, because Ray Phoenix is amazing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Kenny Omega is going to win. I see this just continuing to where Kenny Omega is going to just keep on keeping on for as long as he wants to uh, a long reign and go on to, uh, you know, TNA or impact doing all his things over there too. So I, it's just, it's the start of the long Omega runs. So we might as well strap in. And th to me, uh, looking at these five matches, I'm sure there's more there, but there is literally nothing that I could potentially see that would surprise me. I'm excited for Omega Phoenix though. Cause like you said, like I think a Phoenix is amazing. Like I've compared him to, I Rick, he's like ricocheted me last week where it's just like, they always make my jaw drop when I watch them with the things that they do. So I think him and Omega, are, they're probably going to be given time. I bet the last half hour of the show at least, and they're going to put on a fucking show. Yeah. Omega's going to win, but sometimes I don't care. Just give me a good match. And that's what we're going to get. Yeah, absolutely. And then again, we'll talk more next week about NXT's part two. And as well as uh, night two of uh, new year's smash. Uh, very quickly, I wanted to bring up something that it wasn't necessarily, it was an offhand topic. I actually watched AW this week because of the uh, the tribute show, which I thought they did a beautiful, show. beautiful show. Beautiful show. Probably the best tribute show I've seen in a long, long time. Probably the best one since Owen Hart's. Uh, I just, uh, there's something I wanted to bring up. It was an offhand comment by JR, which if you haven't gone to thejobberknocker.com right now, there is a particular article about there about JR getting off of your television because it's time. Beautifully written by our boy uh, TJ. Uh, there's something that I wanted to put out in your brain, JC, as he said this, they were talking about Ricky Starks. Yeah. And Jericho and JR were talking about Ricky Starks. And you know what they said? There are qualities of that man that are akin to Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <sighs> now, I love Ricky Starks. I do. I, I, so, it's just, it's, it's one of those where it's just like, like, it's one of those comparisons where it's like, you, in the NFL, you have a quarterback in the draft who's going to go in the seventh round. And it's like, he has a big arm like Mahomes. So they're pretty much being like, Ricky Starks, he has great character. And he's a good talker. So he must be like the... It's just like, it's an unneeded comparison that makes no fucking sense because, like we, re like we said, we really like Ricky Starks. He's really entertaining. He's incredibly, incredibly charismatic. But it's like him and The Rock are just the like The Rock is like the this completely different conversation. I just when I hear shit like that, it just always makes my eye roll. But it always gets people hot and bothered. That's why you do it. You know, it's a hot take world, baby. That's what we're living in. So people got to spit out the hot takes, even old men like Jr. get it. <laughs> and very quickly, I forget who said it on Twitter or so I heard it somewhere. It wasn't from my own mouth. But somebody was like, Ricky Starks looks like Butthead from Beavis and Butthead. And I just lost <laughs> you know, it. That's a good, that's, he does. He really does. He really does. That's like, what oh makes my him God. so fucking hateable. And I love it. Oh, my God. I love it. That Shout makes, out Ricky Starks. That, that makes Brian Cage Beavis, which is so much funnier to me. But whatever. <laughs> but, oh, God. Oh, I love, I love it. But, yeah, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't help let, I couldn't let that one go. It just. Again, I think that man uses charisma, like you said, but God damn it, it was just like, we're reaching, not even reaching. I mean, we're fucking yeah, can launching. We, can we stop? That's so, first of all, it's, it's dumb. Second of all, like, don't put that shit on Ricky Starks, man. Like, that's not how you put someone over. That's how you fucking make it more complicated. 
And, no. and Jericho on commentary is almost as bad as JR lately. I mean, I, I, when I was, he literally was like, Eric Rowan. And they're like, shut up. It's, we don't own that name. Eric Redbeard. See, honestly, I, I was okay with that because like, it's so like, it's one of those things. It's like, I was fine with that. I just, well, I think I, they're not going to come for him because it was a special tribute show, which no. I understand. But, but like, I also, I also it like for the role that Jericho's in, like, that's what I expect is him to be that annoying, like yelling weird loud noises. I don't need that from JR. who's supposed to be giving me like the play by play and the clean, like, hosting type thing like like for jericho it's like you're putting him on there because he's fucking jericho and he's funny and entertaining and the shithead so that's why he's the perfect guy to put on commentary so it works so like i, I know some people get kind of tired of it but honestly whenever they say jericho is on commentary i get kind of excited because jr as we mentioned read tj's article because i agree excalibur like i'm gonna go take a fucking nap every time he speaks and it's just like thank god taz barely does it anymore so it's just like i i kind of get excited when jericho's on uh, yeah, I mean, we can debate that all day, but it is what it is. Um, so do you have anything else or would you like to wrap up the show? I guess we should wrap it up. You gotta save something for next week, right? Just like, uh, AEW saving part two. We'll save, uh, part two of, uh, the new year, new takes, baby. New year, new takes, same old Nestle, apparently. Anyway, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to this week's Jobberknocker. We hope you have a wonderful 2021. Hopefully it's better for everybody. And we'll be back next week with more Jobberknockery. Say it to my face! Got to appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs>